Welcome into a very special snap. They're all special these days. There's so much happening. Snap judgments brought to you by Buyers Auto here on the podcast. Doug Maurice with Bill Landis and Jeremy Birmingham. Caleb Downs is a Buckeye Berm. How did this happen? Uh, it happened. You know, I, it's funny. I, I was talking to someone yesterday and they said that hope is not a strategy. Uh, and it turns out that hope is a very good strategy. Um, hope and a little. little that. Hey, whatever, whatever it takes at this point. I think the best part about this is that Yesterday afternoon, about one o'clock, I had a conversation with someone fairly influential in the Ohio State football program and, and asked, like, where are you at in the Caleb Downs thing? And the the response was, this is an uphill battle. I don't know if we're going to win, but we're going to keep swinging. Then I had another conversation about an hour later with someone who was another person who was in the room with Caleb and his family on Thursday afternoon. And the conversation was, we, we have hope, but we don't know. We're, we're just going to keep trying. We don't feel like it's it's going to go our way. And then, it, according to the people on the Georgia side, like yesterday afternoon, Friday afternoon, Caleb Downs began his enrollment process with the Bulldogs and was getting ready. Like the apartment had been picked out on Thursday night when he went to Athens after spending all afternoon with the Ohio State staff, went to dinner with the Georgia staff, picked out his apartment, was all done and sealed basically to, to Georgia, but not signed. So you had the sealed and delivered but not the signed. And I think ultimately what happened is that a kid who in his heart never really liked Georgia that much to begin with, because if he did, he would have committed there one of the 47,000 times he visited when he was a high school senior or junior. Uh, and and the belief that Travaris Robinson was going to be enough to pull Georgia through the finish line, which he almost was, um, uh, just it didn't end up carrying the day. Ohio State sat down on Thursday with him, with Ryan Day, Jim Knowles, Tim Walton, Matt Guerrero all in his living room and said, hey, this is what our defense is. This is where this is going. This is what your role is. You can help us on special teams because you're one of the best returners in the country. There's a way that Ohio State approached this. And, and I think the sweetest thing, the best part about it all, is that the SEC folks are mad that maybe someone else had a better NIL opportunity slash arrangement uh, than they did. And that 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 alone makes it all worthwhile. Because you got to get that NAL because sometimes you don't get those uh, apartment deposits back. If you put a deposit in, yeah. that could be 200 bucks that's just <clears throat> gone. So, I, Landis, I know you want to get to the football. Landis is like, give me, give, give me talk about how, But we'll, we're going to save that for the end. In terms of that, Bill, in terms of that Ohio State won this kind of battle to get a player this good here, does that what does that signal to you about where Ohio State is right now? It signals to me that they're they're in a much better place, I think, than they were a year ago, and and it, it's been a slow build to be um, I don't I don't know as competitive, I guess, as as they've been on the NIL front. It's not just Caleb Downs, right? It's it's Will Howard, it's Quinshawn Judkins, it's Seth McLaughlin as well. It's keeping what uh, almost a dozen guys who could be going to the NFL, right? It, it's all part of it. But then this is like the sweetener on top. Um, frankly, for me, is like pretty shocking because I, I didn't know. Like I, I always thought the extent to which like Ohio State was quote unquote behind in NL and NIL, excuse me, was like a little bit overstated. Clearly, Ohio State has money and knows what to do with it. Um, but I don't know that I ever thought that they would get to the point where they're doing what they've done this offseason. Um and then to get whatever they had to get together to get Caleb Downs um is really impressive to me. Like I I don't know if it's a thing that's going to happen every single off season for Ohio state. I do wonder just sort of like generally about NIL, not, not necessarily specific to Ohio state. If there are going to be 
like windows where teams like really get aggressive and really take huge swings. And clearly I think that's what Ohio state's doing right now. And, and maybe that's not indicative of what it's going to be like every single off season, because there are finite resources here, even for a place like Ohio state and, and people with deep pockets who love Ohio state. Like, I, I don't know that this is an every year thing, but it's the right time I think for Ohio state to go, to go all in, um, in that area. And, I did think Ohio State was was terribly unorganized with with the NIL stuff prior to this offseason. Um, and it seems like they've now got that in order. And it seems like Ryan Day, I think, has done a really good job of making sure they're organized, right? It's not it's not necessarily like he's working through the ledger and telling people to direct money here and all that kind of stuff. That's not what I'm saying. But I do think the head coach is is really important in this process of making sure that everything is aligned and everyone knows what the objectives are. And I feel like Ohio or Ryan Day has like finally gotten Ohio State to that place. I made a I made a comment a couple weeks ago on uh, Rooster's live show um, that if people around the country really wanted NIL to get fixed and for Congress to pay attention to it and the NCAA to start actually caring about what's going on, that all it was going to take was for Ohio State to start doing it well because then that's when people start to freak out and that's how it'll end up. So, I mean, that, that, it's what's what's it's what's good, but everyone's allowed to do it. Once the Buckeyes start putting their stamp on things, then the NCAA is like, whoa, 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 back off. But but we're seeing this week as this is happening. We're seeing, we've already seen Florida State get dinged on NIL stuff. We saw it now the NCAA, the NCAA is investigating Florida for NIL stuff. I feel like there, there are two paths happening here at the same time that if Ohio State was reluctant early in NIL, I think they were a little worried, maybe the higher up saying, hey man, we, we don't want that to happen to us. We don't want to get dinged. We don't want to be doing things that are clearly against the rules, but nobody's enforcing them, whatever. What if they decide to enforce them? Well, it feels like there's some things the NCAA is now deciding they're, oh, hey, by the way, this thing you did a year ago, you shouldn't have done that. So that's happening on one side. And maybe Ohio State can say, hey, like, okay, we were a little slow then, but also now they're accelerated here. Burma, you, both you guys, like, would this have happened? Would they have been able to be, to land a guy like Caleb Downs like this six months ago, a year ago? Would they have been prepped to do this? Do you think that Ross Bjork and Ted Carter, as the new AD and the president, cracked a door on like the aggression here like when did ohio state get to the point where they could make something like this happen at the risk of of sounding like i'm taking a shot at anyone i think that it comes down to ryan day deciding gene smith is at this point a lame duck athletic director that he's gonna he's gonna go ahead and and spearhead the nil and say we're gonna go harder than we've gone before because this is what has to happen i, I don't know that you know, Gene and Ryan both over the last couple of years have been very vocal about how they wanted to proceed with NIL and that they were being probably overly cautious at times in the previous uh, two, two, two years of this. Uh, and I think that it gets to a point where you look around the country and you say that we just can't keep doing that because we're hurting ourselves. Uh, you are blessed at Ohio State to have resources unlike pretty much anywhere else in the nation. And if you're not going to use them, then what's the point? Uh, and, and at this point, at this juncture, knowing everything that's on the table and on the line in 2024, I just think Ryan Day said, "I'm we're going to do this, and this is the way it's going to go." Yeah, I, I think that's what it is too. I, I don't know. I don't know if Ted Carter and Ross Bjork have anything to do with it, Doug. Like, cl clearly, this was happening before we even knew that Ross Bjork was going to be the athletic director. Um, I think that it turns out that the new university president and new athletic director, I think would be kind of in lockstep with Ryan day and wanting to like ratchet up the aggression. But I think it, I think it starts with Ryan day realizing that 
Ohio State was to Berms use Berms' way of, of saying it was probably just being too cautious with this. Like, and I, and it's not like we've but we've been too cautious. Now let's suddenly be incredibly reckless. Like I, I don't I don't think that's what they're doing. But um, I think that there were there were steps they could have taken to be more aggressive in this space, and I think they're finally doing it. Ryan Day is also worth noting, Doug. Sorry, it's it's also yeah. worth noting that this sort of aggression happens because a player is as good as Caleb Downs. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. It, this isn't something you do just for any player in the country. This isn't a move you make. I mean, Ohio State's roster is pretty darn good. And I think 99% of the safeties that are in the transfer portal or could go in the transfer portal, you don't even go after in this situation. But because of the existing relationship that they had with Downs, because of how close they were to landing him when he came out of high school the first time, because of the way that the defense had already improved and they could go ahead and show him and his family what they had accomplished uh, in, in, in fixing the defense, which was the holdup for him when he committed to Alabama in the summer of 2022. Like That was what it was about. It was about the fact that the Ohio State defense stunk and the Alabama defense and Nick Saban were, were a, a known commodity and a known quantity in their recruitment. So Ohio State goes this hard after a player because that player is good enough to walk into the locker room and you don't worry about it upsetting the the chemistry. Everyone in that room knows how good Caleb Downs is. Mm. Everyone in the program knows how good Caleb Downs is. And he's one of the players where you just say, hey, it's like if if you have a chance to sign Patrick Mahomes and like you just go, hey, well, we're going to get this guy. And that's it's not a situation where you risk upsetting any sort of natural balance because everyone knows like that's that's a dude. And it makes your team better. And it's not like uh, a situation that it's like, well, we don't really know what he is. Like, you know what you're getting. So like what Florida is now the NCAA is checking into is, is using NIL or trying to use NIL to get a guy out of high school. That had always been the thing. High school inducements, paying high school players to come to your school. You kind of weren't supposed to do that, but a lot of people kind of were doing that. But when we see Ohio State using NIL this way, A, keep your own guys entice your NFL guys to stay one more year. And then B now you're doing it in the portal. Like, is this, this usage bill. And again, it's not, I, I think, right. Ohio state is offering a lot. And I think Ryan day would say this, right. That, that you just have to be competitive. You have to be in the mix in NIL. So then all the other things that you do well, come into play. We're going to help you get to the league. We're going to win. We're going to develop you. This usage of NIL is this, how does this, fit with you as opposed to maybe Ohio state still will have times where they lose out on a high school guy, but they're keeping guys and they're working the portal with NIL. Yeah. I mean, that that's how I would do it. And like, they're, they're using it in recruiting too. Like we, we see all the guys in the 2024 class that are getting announced mm -hmm. as partners with the collectives for Ohio state. So we know that we know that they're doing that. It's not that they're dismissing it. Cause you, you can't do that. You have to, you have to be active on that front as well. But, but I do think we, we've talked about this a couple of times, um, with Austin as well, I am of the opinion at least that the majority of your resources should go to known commodities like transfers, like Quinchon Judkins and Caleb Downs, or guys on your own roster who are starters who are like borderline second, third, fourth round pick kind of guys that might be able to come back and help themselves. Like put your money toward that. I, I, I that is much more impactful to me than paying X amount of money just to make sure your recruiting class was good on paper to a player that might transfer after a year, which is like we saw happen at Texas A&M. It's happening at Alabama now with a coaching change. Like it's just um, none, none of this is a sure thing. Right. But, but that, that feels much more inherently risky than betting on no, either known commodities in your own roster or known commodities across college football. So, and, and I think Ohio state, 
has always thought this way. Um, I just think that they're again, like better, better aligned, better organized, perhaps better resourced um, to actually make it happen in a more significant way than they have in the last couple off seasons. And until the NCAA opens the door again on transfers and lets people have unlimited transfers, which I think people are already discussing, uh, what you get in this situation by bringing in a player like Caleb Downs after one year, as opposed to bringing in a guy straight from high school, is now you essentially have that player locked up for the rest of his his college time, which is a big deal because you can spend a, a lot of money in NIL in the recruiting world. And a lot of teams are doing that. And what you find is that you have no control over what happens a year later when they all decide to leave because they got their money and went to a place that maybe they didn't want to be at because they went there for money. And then all of a sudden they can still bounce. And so this situation, number one, you get to see if, if the things you thought about a kid in high school translate to college and they actually can produce and be the guy that uh, you thought they would be, which uh, obviously Caleb Downs may have been the best safety in the country by the end of the year. Uh, so you know exactly what he is already on the field. Plus, you now have two years of him before he goes off to the NFL, uh, and you don't have to worry about him transferring out again, which is a double bonus. We've sort of been talking about like on signing days and that kind of thing, planting seeds that, hey, you establish relationships and maybe even if you don't get the kid out of high school, maybe you're building something for the future. Uh, I think, you know, that was referenced when Taiwan, Taiwan Malone joined the Buckeyes last year after being recruited out of high school. But Berm, like how, how, how nice were the seeds that they planted with Caleb Downs the first time around? How strong were those relationships? And obviously that was a huge factor in it happening now. Yeah, and it was not just the relationships with Ryan Day or Tim Walton either. I mean, it's the relationships with Luke Montgomery. It's the relationships with Brandon Ennis and Carnell Tate. Like, all these guys were very tight. And, I, again, I, I was very adamant during the recruiting process of Caleb Downs. If the Ohio State defense even showed a pulse in the 2022 season, uh, especially in the back half, you know, you, you go to a safety and you say, hey, we're a safety-driven defense. This is the position that's going to that's gonna spearhead our defensive improvement. And then the effort looks like it did in 2022. And it's easy for a young guy to be like, whoa, 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 that's not that's not it. That's not for me, especially when the SEC is right in his backyard and he's being told by all of his personal trainers and all of his athletic trainers that you got to play in the SEC. The SEC is the only place to play good football, yada, yada, yada. Uh, but the relationship that Tim Walton had with his father goes back a long way. They're both from Columbus, Georgia, grew up basically uh, at the same time in that area and knew each other. Uh, but uh, it, I don't... No, I don't want to say this because it'll sound like I'm being a homer. Ryan Day, if he gets a chance to sit down in a room with people, can win a living room in a way that I don't think a lot of head coaches can. He comes, He's very genuine in his approach with these kids. And the Buckeyes are excellent. And they've done this multiple times in the last few years. It's not just even Taiwan Malone or, you know, you can go back to, um, you know, to Trey Sermon. You can go back even further with uh, Antoine Jackson, et cetera, like, this staff understands that these relationships are not over just because a kid picks somewhere else uh, and, and you don't burn those bridges and you don't go out of your way to, you know, talk crap about a kid on Twitter or find a way to, you know, make snide comments. I mean, they understand that this, this is the business and especially now, like that is a revolving door. You can't just shut it. I thought signing day in December, 2022 for the 2023 class coming off the second loss to Michigan. This is before the semifinal against Georgia. I thought that might have been the low ebb of the Ryan Day era, that now it wasn't just a blip with the loss to Michigan. There was a second loss, and it felt like on that signing day, 
not being able to flip Caleb Downs back. A couple other guys I think you would have pointed to that Ohio State previously in a non-NIL world felt like they maybe would have landed. And in that moment, it felt like a Ryan Day and Ohio State thinking like, this is the new world and we can't compete. Like we're not, we're going to lose these battles for these top guys a lot because of the new situation. And then, you know, they go and beat, they go not beat Georgia, obviously. They play right with Georgia and that adds some momentum. And now here we come back around again, like the full circle nature of this from a big picture perspective, going from, I thought Caleb Downs was like the defining, uh, like that's the guy we needed to have and we couldn't get it. And Berm, you're making very good points. There were other things in play about the way they were playing defense that weren't they weren't that wasn't helping them there either this is full circle and this feels like a signal one of our really good texters if you guys want to be a tech subscriber you can join for a two-week free trial anytime at 614-662-4509 our guy luke sent this last night bill he said this is ryan day's von bell moment because i was just gonna say (laughs) always said like being able to pull von bell out of chattanooga when everybody in the sec wanted him urban meyer said it that was the signal yes we can do this you you agree? Caleb Downs not only is a great player, he's a signal. Yeah, well, I th- I thought the initial recruitment of Caleb Downs was like the reverse Von Bell. It was like it was it was the it was a signal that you couldn't do it, like and and maybe you weren't going to be able to do it moving forward. So now that they have done it, you know, via the transfer portal, I guess in a way that no one um, probably envisioned uh, a year ago. Um, yes, I, th- I think it's I think it's very very similar. Um, and again, like it's not. <clears throat> Ohio State got Von Bell. It didn't go and get, you know, 10 more Von Bells in the next six years, but it like won a couple other recruitments like that. And I think that's what this can signal for Ohio State. I I don't know. Yeah. Rayquan McMillan being probably the best example of that. And then some of what they did in the 2017 class. Um, And I think this could be similar in the sense that like, I don't, I don't know that like, Ohio State, as I said earlier, like every single offseason is going to be operating this way and like going out and getting the best transfer guy um, in the portal. But now they've shown an ability to do it. There's like a proof of concept there, I, I guess, that that should be really encouraging for people and, and very much the same way that Landing Von Bell was. So from a roster building standpoint, Berm, now and down the line, high school recruiting, retaining your own guys, adding transfers, how would you describe the state that Ohio State is in? I mean, their, their want, ability, right, to compete yeah. with the best of the best. Yeah, I mean, th- there's no doubt they've always had that ability to compete with the best of the best. The question over the last 18 months has been whether or not they would try to, whether or not they would allow themselves to, because they knew what that would entail when it came to NIL. And so you had to uh, open those floodgates a little bit and turn this bigot and say, hey, it's okay, let's 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 allow this to happen, uh, rather than... a you know, there, there's a mindset of, hey, the NCAA, eventually this is going to change. Eventually it's going to be the schools paying players directly. Eventually there's going to be profit sharing. Eventually, like, you can't keep living three, four years down the road when the NCAA is is continuing to kick the can down the road because you're going to fall behind. And so now that the Buckeyes have, I think, woken up to that a little bit um, and realized that, that that window to win a national championship, despite the fact that Ohio State is the most consistent program in the country over the last 100 years, that window to win a national championship is pretty small, and, and you just need to attack it. And I don't think that they were really um, fully committed to attacking it until this offseason. And I don't know exactly what what the difference is other than Ryan Day just putting his foot down and saying, "We're this is how it's going to be. But they clearly can compete with anyone for anybody in the country. 
but I, I do still think that they're much more cautious than other schools are. And they, they are worried about things like chemistry. They are worried about things like culture uh, because you can have all the talent in the world, but that's not really talent doesn't make a team great. Like if you looked at Michigan this year, they were not the most talented team in the country, but they believed like heck in each other. They loved their coaches. They felt like the coaches were going to bat for them, vice versa. Um, and, and I think that that's what you still have to find some way to mix both of those ideas together. And uh, Ohio State, I think, is still committed to that more than some of the other programs around the country are at their level. You want to talk ball, Bill? You ready to talk ball? I would love to talk ball. Yeah. Right. What does Caleb Downs do for the Ohio State defense? Whatever they want him to do. He, he's like, <laughs> I, I'm tr truly, he's like, I think he could play corner for Ohio State if they wanted him to. He's not he going running to. back for Ohio State. He was, yeah, he was the best running back in Georgia in 2023, despite the fact that Justice Haynes was on in Georgia and also uh, a true freshman running back at, at, at Alabama. Yeah, and he, re he returned kicks for Alabama too. I think he could do that for Ohio State if, if they if they wanted to do that with him. Um, he, like in Alabama, played basically all, like the, the deep safety, the box safety, and the slot safety position is like almost equally. It was like 280, 280, 260 in terms of snaps. If you look at um, the, the PFF stuff, and he had a he had a handful of snaps at corner as well. So like when you project him in the Jim Knowles' defense, he can play any of the three safety positions. Um, obviously, there's a there's a glaring opening there with Josh Proctor moving on um, to the NFL, and you have Lathan Ransom and Sonny Styles and Jordan Hancock back. So if you wanted to just put Caleb Downs into that adjuster free safety spot, you certainly could. Um, I think you're probably doing yourself a disservice with him if you only keep him in one spot. And Jim Knowles doesn't really do that. Like he, he moves his safeties around. Like Lathan Ransom will play deep, will play in the box, and and you know the the nickel will do the same, and the adjuster will will do the same. So he'll, he'll move around a lot. But he's an incredibly versatile player. Um, who I think early in the season, like watching a little bit of Alabama, I thought was perhaps in a little bit over his head, just like trying to start as a true freshman in that defense. And then by the end of the year, I was like, nope, that guy's going to be the best safety in college football for the next two years. So uh, that's what Ohio State is adding to a defense that was already bringing back basically all of its other starters anyway. Not a terrible thing that he got to enroll in the last season of Nick Saban DB school either, right? I mean, that's, you know, that guy teaches that as well as anybody in the country. And it yeah. seemed like he loved caleb downs as much as he has loved any recent player um and, and i know you guys have talked about this on on uh like the podcast daily that you guys did i guess on friday but like berm as you start fitting the pieces together i know you've wanted sunny styles to slide more towards the line of scrimmage as you think about downs and lathan ransom as your deep safeties and start moving pieces around to add a guy of this quality a is unbelievable but then as everything fits together what do you think of that part of it I mean, as Bill said, it gives you an opportunity to move pieces around all, not just with where you put Caleb Downs, but you can move a lot of guys around now. You can move Sonny Styles down to linebacker if you need to. You can put him at the jack if you want to try to implement him at that spot. You can, uh, you know, move CJ Hicks into that jack role. Uh, to me, this this addition means you have the best defense, like heading into the uh, offseason, heading into the 24, 24 season in the country. You can do anything you want with these guys. I hope that it allows Ohio State to uh, to get their coaches on board with being more multiple, as we talked about. Like you got to move things around. Uh, I'm thinking about like the 1996 Buckeye defense where you had Mike Vrabel and uh, you had Andy Katzmoyer, but the back half of the defense you had Sean Springs, Antoine Winfield. Like 
it was the best defense I can remember at Ohio State, and they just did whatever they wanted. And, and you can do that in this group. And uh, I, I hope that the coaching staff understands the luxury they have and how much more difficult they can make it on offenses by uh, doing different things because they've got pretty much any piece they need at this point. I think this is right. I'm just double-checking it on PFF. I think he played the most defensive snaps of any freshman in the Power Five last year, Bill. That like at Bama. Yeah. Nick Saban was like, "Hey, new guy, just go out there and don't come off the field." <laughs> like that is <laughs> remarkable, and the growth again. This is one like this is one of these things that that uh, often it's sort of the, we've talked about this a lot. The second tier teams who are maybe more willing to take transfers and and have guys slide in. Maybe the very best teams are still doing a lot of high, mostly high school recruiting. You let someone else take their lumps and someone else deals with the new guy. They've never done this before. And then you get the fully formed player. So Bill, even that idea that as talented as Caleb Downs is, it, again, it remains remarkable for anybody to play a full season as a starter, as a true freshman for Nick Saban, but he wasn't perfect at the start, but the player they're getting now in year two, Again, by the end of the year, he was arguably as good as any safety in the country. That's almost a bonus for Ohio State that, like, you didn't have to sort of work that out on the fly. You're getting the dude who's ready to be an All-American right now. Yeah, it's a, it's a well, he already is an All-American technically. Yeah, he, was a, right. he was he was a fre- he was a freshman All-American, but he was also a second team, just like capital oh, A All-American <laughs> by by like the Associated Press, I think, and the Sporting News. So, like that that's where he was as a true freshman by the end of the year. And like, I a hundred percent believe he could have become that if he w- had gone to Ohio state and played at Ohio state's defense as a true freshman. But to your point, Doug, it's, it's nice to, I guess, not have to go through those growing pains. Like Ohio state safety position was really good last year. Um, took a, had a little bit of a, a dip after Lathan Ransom got hurt. But before that, I thought it was, it was an excellent position for them. And we saw like Malik Hartford have to play as a true freshman last year. And it didn't always look great um, to the point where he like, Started, got pulled out of a game, like didn't play for a while, and then got put into a big spot against Michigan and couldn't couldn't quite handle it. Like Ohio State didn't really have to go through any of that. And now they're getting not the fully formed version of Caleb Downs, but certainly a version of Caleb Downs that's that's ready to rock and roll in this defense. And I think um, you know, I, I don't want to say like he's definitely going to be the best safety in college football next year, but I would I would bet on it. I like I th- I think he with his wealth of experience in the SEC, his production in the SEC at 107 tackles. He was the first freshman to lead Alabama in tackles. I think. I think ever. It's at least since 1970. I guess they don't have stats to go back before that. But so they said ever or at least since 1970. Um, so it's been a long time since that's happened uh, at Alabama, and um, he's just going to keep building on that. So and, and Ohio State gets the gets to reap the benefits of taking a guy out of uh, Nick Saban DB school. Like like programs have reaped the benefits of Nick Saban finishing school for coaches. Um, he's pretty good at coaching defensive backs as well, and now Ohio State gets to, gets to take advantage of that. Caleb is a football guy. Like, this is the thing about a, a young player like him. In, in this world of college football, this world of high school recruiting, the, the glitz, the glamour, all the attention, all of the glow up, all of the smoke being blown up these kids' butts all the time. Like, Caleb Downs is a football guy first. And that's why he wanted to play for Nick Saban. That's why Nick Saban loved him. This is a kid who eats, sleeps, and breathes football. He does not really care about all the other stuff. And you're going to see a, a truly like professional football player at Ohio State in that safety. Like that's who he is. He's built that way. 
Again, we are on Snap Judgments brought to you by Buyers Auto. If you'd want to drop a review on your podcast feed, on Apple Podcasts for uh, the podcast, we certainly would appreciate that. Thanks for joining us here on YouTube. And by the way, Bill and I are Kings of the North. YouTube channel and podcast channel are broken off. Those are separate things there. When we talk about bigger Northern football issues, we'd love for you guys to join us on Kings of the North. Berm. Yeah. Bama stuff that could help Ohio State in other ways. Yeah, what I mean, this is obviously is Caleb Downs. This is obviously a snap judgment about Caleb Downs, but it, we'd be remiss if we didn't at least talk about Julian Sayan and what's going on at quarterback. And this is a, a different situation, I think, than Caleb Downs for a number of reasons. Number one, however, is that it's at quarterback. And I don't know how, you know, how to put it more simply than that. When you recruit quarterbacks, the, the conversation is different. The, the expectations are different. The realization of what you're coming in to do is different. Um, Ohio State is the favorite to land Julian Sayan if Ohio State wants to land Julian Sayan. And that is the discussion that is ongoing in Columbus. I talked to people yesterday that were uh, leaning towards not making that move. And I it, it drew a lot of reaction from people because I told people that I didn't think it was going to happen. Um, and I still believe that it probably shouldn't happen. But I think that there is at least, as we sit here on Saturday morning at 10.45 a.m., my expectation is that the conversation about this decision is very, very real and very, very ongoing. And I would not be surprised if Ohio State decided to bring him in if he wants to be brought in. The question, Bill, I think that we have, when you sign a, a five-star quarterback like Aaron Noland, even though we had been well aware of the fact that Julian Sain was the top target on the quarterback board throughout this recruiting cycle, how much different is how much bigger is how how big is the gap between Julian Sain and Aaron Nolan in your mind if you're Ohio State and is it worth bringing in a potential start, down the road starter? He's not going to start this year, knowing that it could cost you Devin Brown, Lincoln Keenholz, and Aaron Nolan by the end of spring. Is it worth doing that? And and I personally don't think it is. But I do understand the argument from others that it might be worth the chance because if you think Sands the best, then you just got to do it and, and let the chips fall where they may. I just, it seems like a big risk to me. And I don't know that the reward is that much greater than the current setup. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's very complicated. Um, <clears throat> and I want to acknowledge the complexities of, of that decision. And it, it's, it's heightened exponentially by the fact that it is the quarterback position. All that being said, I would take him. Like I, I think you got to take him if he wants to come. I think you have to take him if he's the best quarterback in the country. And I, and which I know I'm, I haven't watched Julian Sane because I never thought Julian Sane was going to come to Ohio State. So why would I watch him? Um, so I'm just kind of going off what other people have said. If you think he's the best quarterback in the country, you take him. That's my opinion. Um, I think then, you had 14 yeah, months. If, you, if, if, if Julian Sane wanted to be at Ohio State, he had 14 months to do it. And yeah. it, when you then have the conversation with Air Nolan and say you're our guy. And then three weeks after you enroll, you bring in another guy in the same class. I, I, and like I've seen the argument, well, Ohio State had Jack Miller committed, and then they took C.J. Stroud. That's a very different situation. The, the, Jack Miller could have gone somewhere else and and changed his mind. Uh, this is different because Julian Air is is at Ohio State. He's enrolled. He's on the roster. I, I, this is a very similar discussion to what Ohio State had to deal with a year ago when Dame, uh, Dante Moore wanted to transfer not transfer, but rather than enrolling at UCLA, wanted to come to Ohio State the day that he was supposed to enroll at UCLA and Ohio State told him no because they had already told Lincoln Keenholz, you're our guy. Lincoln wasn't even on campus. Lincoln wouldn't get on campus for six more months. 
Like it is a, like if we're talking about the evolution of Ryan Day and, and this like uh, different version of Ryan Day, I think nothing would be a bigger barometer or a bigger uh, hit on the barometer if that's changed than that decision. Ruthless is the word we've used a lot over the course of time, right? With Urban Meyer and then into Ryan Day. And is Ryan Day ruthless enough, right? And it feels like all bets are off, coaching changes, transfer portal. This would be a next step, though, right? This would be kind of as ruthless as it comes to to for a guy that you're saying, Berm, Aaron Nolan, they love everything about him as a, as a player, as a person. He's been a loyal Buckeye commit. And then it's just like, sorry, man. This guy's better than you, and that's it. Like, is, can you be too ruthless, Berm? Could it come back and hurt the culture, the reputation, the program overall, even if Julian Sayan is a better quarterback? I think you can be, uh, but I think that the odds of being too ruthless and having it come back to bite you in the ass are much higher when you haven't collected a bunch of championship rings. You know what I mean? Like if, if you're Nick Saban, all you, you can have that conversation. If you're Kirby smart right now, you can have that conversation because you hold up your hands and you go, you see these, this is how we got them. And I don't know that Ohio state is, is at that point because quite frankly, you haven't won anything. And so until you win something, that cachet that you need to be able to stand in front of a kid and say, Hey man, Sorry, oops, this kid's better than you. Oh, what's that? You were both five stars. We don't care. We like him better. Like, it, it, I just think it's a really, really risky proposition. And I, I'm not saying the Buckeyes aren't going to do it because I think that there's at least a chance that they're going to based on conversations I had last night and this morning. I think that, like, the conversation internally is who who do we want to be? And I think that that is a really daunting task to figure out because you have to look these other kids in the face and the same group that a, a month ago you started having a conversation with about Will Howard. When you talk, you pull Devin Brown and Lincoln Keenholz and you call Aaron Nolan and you say, by the way, this is really hard, but we, we got to win a national championship in 2024. We have to make this move. That's not the same conversation that you're having with Julian Sane uh, involved because Julian Sane's not going to be the starter in 2024. He's not going to make or break whether or not you win a national championship in 2024. But to, to, to sit down with Devin Brown, but more so with Lincoln Keenholz and Aaron Nolan and say, sorry, guys, this guy, we're going to take this guy because he's, he, he doesn't want to play at BAM anymore because Nick Saban retired. Like, I, I don't know. I just think it's a risky, risky move. And just to double check, Berm still cares about people and Landis, you, you don't care about feelings at all. Is that correct? No, I care about feelings. Um, but I might, I might care about winning more. Um, <laughs> I, 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 it's listen. I'm not, I'm not trying to be like, I'm, I'm not trying to be glib about it. Like, it is, it's really, it is an incredibly difficult situation. I, I, to, to handle. And like, I was very, I was strongly opposed to the idea of Ohio State bringing in a transfer like Dante Moore this this off season because I knew if you did, it was going to blow up your quarterback room. This feels different to me because you already have Will Howard in place. Um, and if the counter argument is like, well, what if something happens to Will Howard and then all you have is Julian saying, and then like what happens? It's a fair question, but like, I don't, if something happens to Will Howard and you have to go to Devin Brown, Lincoln, Keen, Holtz, or Aaron Nolan, that feels just as much of an unknown to me. Like, I, I don't, I don't, that doesn't feel like a, a, a massive step forward from, from what Ohio State would have if their quarterback room was just Will Howard and Julian saying. Um, and like everything about this offseason has certainly been geared toward, 
we got to get it done in 2024, which I think is the right approach. And and adding Julian Sane is more of a of a future play, as Berm said. But like you can't you can't ignore the future. If you think this kid Julian Sane is the best quarterback out there, and you know your professional quarterback evaluators, and you say to yourself like we're in the business of winning national championships, he is the quarterback that would give us the best chance to continue striving for that goal in the future. I think you have to take him. Um, yeah. I would take him if I if I were them. I I, I don't know. If they end up not taking them, like, I, am I going to scream about it? I, I I don't know. But, like, if I were making the decision, I would take them. I think the interesting thing is that, you know, because you are building everything for 2024, and you're doing that with the mindset that we're going to win in 2024, and, and this will continue and carry on. And so then I understand, like, maybe you just say, okay, we're going to we're gonna let it ride with the best quarterback we can find beyond Will Howard, and we think that's really insane. If that's the case, take it. Like, but just be prepared to deal with the consequences of what that requires and um if i think it's about who do you want to be and and that is the question i think ryan day has been having to ask himself this entire offseason so uh, i think uh, what i know for sure is that bill o'brien in his voice will matter in this decision and in this uh outcome and that is interesting because obviously he's just officially announced as the offensive coordinator on friday but he will be involved in making this decision it's not going to be ryan day unilaterally so um I think that that opens the door for a more nuanced conversation. But um, uh, one of these quarterbacks probably, I mean, if we're calling a spade a spade, we probably all believe Devin Brown was going to depart after the spring anyway, right? So mm-hmm. does it change the calculus that much if you go into the 2024 season with Devin Brown, Lincoln Keenholz, Aaron Oland, and and Julian Sane? Maybe not. Uh, so, I mean, I, I think that there's a lot of moving parts, but the conversation I had yesterday with someone who was very instrumental in this uh, decision was that it seemed like they were going to go the other direction and say, let's stick with what we have. But by the time I spoke to other people, perhaps the same person later on Friday evening, that conversation had started to evolve. So, uh, Who's the favorite to win the national championship right now? The odds I'm looking at Georgia plus 375, Ohio state plus 600 Bama plus 800. Are you guys viewing as Ohio state as the national title favorites today, Bill? Uh, I would probably still give the nod to Georgia. Oh, the South can cram it. Carson Beck. Carson Beck's the best returning quarterback in college football this year, I think. So, like, I think you have to give a give a nod to that. I think Ohio State will will be there, but I would still have Georgia as the favorite right now. Yeah, I would still pick Georgia as the favorite because the question marks that Ohio State had last year, which cost them a national championship, quarterback and offensive line are still question marks right now. I mean, I, I like the upgrade. of the, I think Will Howard is an upgrade uh, over Kyle McCord, and I, I think the offensive line will be better just because it has to be better because you have good experience and you have years of, of play for, for these guys. But I still think that there's question marks at those spots, and those are two spots that Georgia decidedly does not have questions. Just like we always thought we'd see under a Ryan Day regime at Ohio State. The best defense in the country and questions at quarterback possibly holding Ohio State back. All right, we'll wrap up the Julian Sayan conversation here on the Caleb Downs snap judgment. Thanks, everybody, so much who joined us live here on YouTube. Thanks, everybody, watching back on YouTube, listening back on your podcast feed. We couldn't do this if you guys weren't here. Tell a friend about the podcast. We want to have the smartest, most interesting, best conversations about Ohio State whenever big things happen. For now, for Jeremy Birmingham and for Bill Landis, thanks to you guys for joining us here on Snap Judgment by Byers Auto. I'm Doug Maurice. We'll catch you guys later.